is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love good Christmas movies like the one that came out post-92. I'm Alonzo, and I'm here to drag Bran through the beautiful history of pre-1992 Christmas movies, and this is a Deck the Hallmark Podcast! Alonzo, it's Monday again, <laughs> week three of 25 in this little quest we're calling the 25 weeks of Christmas. So far, Alonzo, the re- the uh, the not recap, the uh, feedback has yeah. been good. People are excited yeah. about this. So, Definitely. and I think people really loved your 15 minute rant on Jingle All the Way last week. I think that really connected with people. That's the thing I'm most yes, I'm excited about watching movies I've never seen before and just becoming a better person because of it. But I'm really just here for the rants from Alonzo. Well, so, you know, you asked. What can I, I tell you? <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, it is a, a, a pre-92 week. Uh, our first one was week one with a shop around the corner, 1940. Yep. Um, I believe you're going in in some sort of order, correct? So right, yes. This is a chronological order. The further along that we get in this, the 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 the, the closer to your date of birth we will be coming. Uh, maybe it, even, maybe even one, a ringer from after you were born that I'm uh, that I know you've not seen. I, but, I would um, uh, I'd greatly appreciate that. And as we get closer, uh, obviously twenty twenty five. Uh, it's an odd number. So at some point we will throw it out to the people for recommendations, maybe um, a movie that uh, uh, we haven't covered that maybe uh, Alonzo somehow hasn't seen. So an obscure movie I think would be a fun one that people really love. So you can start um, throwing that on the social medias or uh, email us at hello at deck the hallmark.com comments of YouTube, however you want to do it. uh, Let us know what week 25 should be. But I'm excited for the journey, Alonzo. It's, it's been it's it's going to be uh, a lot of fun uh, for me. Every week, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for you. It's going to be a little bit of a uh, roller coaster. <laughs> I think that's well, good. look. I, I I live in hope that you're either going to make me rethink something that that I you know it turns out I like after all, or introduce me to something that I missed because like people think that if you're a professional film critic, you've seen everything. And trust me, none of us have. I know some people have seen more than more than me, more than most, but I think everybody's got their, their gaps somewhere along the way. So, uh, you know, it's, it's anybody's ball game. It's very exciting. I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to be doing this. So yeah, I'm picking this week and, um, we are staying in 1940. Oh, Um, thank God. The year 1940. (laughs) The year 1940. Man, uh, they, that year, they had multiple movies out that year, huh? Oh, just wait till we get to 1947. Like, uh, <laughs> pack a lunch. We're going to be there for a while. Oh, good. good. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to move too quickly through the 40s. Yeah. Hey, you know, look, the, 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 I, there was a film industry then, uh, uh, Bran, and, and you know, you, you'd be shocked to know how, how, how many movies came out then and how often people went to the movie theaters back then, too, in the pre-television era. So this, Can I ask movie- you a question? Um, Ooh, yeah. So the shop around the corner, do you know when that movie was released to theaters? Was it released at Christmas time or? Oh, good question. I don't know. I, 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 I'll look that up. And I'm and, inter- um, As we're back in nine, uh, 1940, I'm interested in 
the release obviously now if it's a christmas movie it's coming out around christmas sure. or even christmas adjacent it's coming out at christmas time obviously it's one it's a good time for movies because people go to the movies on christmas uh but also it, it's just that is that that's the market and sure. so i'm interested in how that's changed especially since the 1940s. oh yeah believe me when when we get to miracle on 34th street there's a whole discussion about why that intentionally did not come out at christmas time in fact oops sorry i just gave away one of the no i i i'm you not pretty much surprised. knew that was coming i yeah, think I, yeah uh but no the, the, i mean and and that's a whole other discussion about how like really the idea of what we think of as the christmas movie now didn't really happen until television uh-huh. um you know this notion that at that season of the year there would be specific movies that we would plan to watch um and i just looked actually this one came out in january of 1940 so not even not even thinking about Christmas. Um, so this is a film that I had never heard of or had only heard a little bit about. And around the time that I was writing um, Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. In Shout out. I'm always working it. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> the, the book came out in 2010. I was, you know, doing most of the writing and researching in 2009. Um, that was around the time that Turner Classic Movies kind of rediscovered and reamplified um, the film Remember the Night, uh, which is a romantic comedy starring um, Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. Uh, they made several films together, most famously uh, a movie that is diametrically the opposite of Remember the Night, a, a noir film called Double Indemnity, which is sort of the classic case of, you know, she's the unhappy rich wife. He's the insurance agency agent. And they, you know, like conspire to kill her husband so she can collect the insurance money. And of course, everything goes downhill from there. Uh, but this is not that. This is a very sweet comedy um, where he is a district attorney in Manhattan. She gets arrested for shoplifting right before Christmas, and uh, he decides, rather than have her be stuck in jail for the entire uh, Christmas holiday, um, to uh, to give her a ride home to Indiana, where he lives, where he's going to spend Christmas, where she is also from. And because of circumstances, they wind up spending the holiday together. And you see how this is it a fake doing- relationship? It is not a fake relationship. Ah. They're all very straightforward about it, okay. but. It is a movie about uh, it's, it's about a woman who has, you know, dealt with a lot of, you know, crappy stuff in her life and a, a, an idea of who she might have been had she been raised in a more sort of loving and supportive household the way that Fred McMurray was. It's got a ton of Christmas in it. I think you're really going to like that. They're incredibly charismatic and, and romantic together. This movie was written by Preston Sturges, who is considered like one of the great American screenwriters. He did, you know, um, Hail the Conquering Hero and Miracle of Morgan's Creek and Sullivan's Travels. Um, so this is a classic. Uh, I, I'm so glad that that I was able to catch up with it while I was writing the book and that now TCM, like they air it every year. They put out a nice Blu-ray a couple of years ago. It hops in and out of streaming like with alarming frequency when peacock launched it was on peacock but now it's not there and it's not streaming anywhere but it will be in a few months like it it, 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 it's a weird whack-a-mole with this movie but again i'm always a big fan of physical media so buy that dvd buy that blu-ray and you'll have it forever I'm sure it's a um a, a, a library situation as well. If you're you also a your local library, yeah. it might be there. Um. So wait, real quick, tell me the title. Remember, Remember the night. Remember the night. Yes. I've never heard of this title before. Okay. And two, who are the leads? Fred McMurray, 
um, who you might know, there was a there was a popular '60s sitcom called My Three Sons. Yeah, he he was the dad. I, I was vaguely also, his name does do something. In he my was mind. also in the original Flubber movies back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah, now you're uh, talking. And then Barbara Stanwyck, who is like you know a screen legend, and then also okay. on TV, she was on like The Big Valley and um, you know dynasty two of the colbys and uh she's she's a hollywood legend so uh if you don't know who these people are this is a great introduction to both of them and i think you'll i think you'll like this one a lot i gotta say the the little synopsis you gave me uh it piqued my interest i'm i'm into this i'm into right. this idea so there, I'm there's even a little bit of road trip which is like i know panda's you know thing oh maybe but, panda uh, can come over and watch us during the yeah. break i think that'd be great um all right remember the night I'm going to go watch it. We're going to take a break. We'll come back um, and we'll break it down. I'm very excited about it uh, here on Deck the Hallmark. We're back Mm -hmm. in the same clothes on the same day. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's go Uh, with that. That's right. We do. I watched a full movie and. (laughs) Five five seconds. Uh, Remember the nights, 1940, back in 1940. Uh, Alonzo, this is true. Some people said, hey, could we get a little longer synopsis? Yes. uh, Like you guys normally do on Deck the Hallmark, so that if I don't get to see it or it's hard to find, like Remember the Night is currently, Hmm. uh, I don't feel so left out. And so we will do that. Yes. And whoever brings the movie will do do the little synopsis. So Alonzo, I will turn it over to you to give us a little little something extra. What was Remember the Night? I, I was a little nervous because you are the king of the plot synopsis. But then I remember that I wrote plot synopses for all these movies in my book. Uh, so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cheat and read from there. Uh, just before Christmas, shoplifter Lee gets nabbed stealing a bracelet. New York City DA John, in a hurry to get out of town and attempting to outmaneuver Lee's attorney demands that the trial be postponed until January, so he'll have time to get an expert witness. Feeling bad that Lee will be stuck in jail over the holidays, John gets shady character Fat Mike to bail her out. Misunderstanding John's intentions, Fat Mike hauls Lee up to John's apartment. An apologetic John takes her to dinner and discovers they're both from Indiana, so he offers Lee a ride home to spend Christmas with her family. After a very chilly reception from Lee's mother, John takes her home with him to spend Christmas with his mother. John and Lee grow close and discover they're fond of each other. But what's going to happen when they have to return to the courtroom on opposite sides? I'll tell you what happens. You know. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Let's talk about it. Alonzo, you brought it. You said that you mentioned earlier that you didn't see it until later in life, until you were writing your book. Yeah. Um, And so I imagine you haven't seen it a, a ton of times since then. Uh, uh, it's become a staple. It's become one that I, I, I often go to now during the holidays. Cause I really love it. It's probably, I'd say of the books of the, of the movies that I saw for the first time researching the book, this one's arguably my favorite. Why, um, why, but, why is that? I, I just think it's really charming and like, it, it is everything that you want a great, holiday rom-com to be you have these cup these people who are thrown together who who are initially literally at odds with each other um and then they kind of come to see the best parts of each other and particularly in the case of of stanwick uh her character lee you have a, a a a person where you get a glimpse of what her upbringing was like and what right. her her sort of parental love or lack thereof turned her into 
And then you also get an idea of like, well, what if she had had this mother instead? What if she'd grown up in this house and it had this level of love and support? What would she have turned into? So I love that it, it, it's like we talked about before, this idea of that, like, yes, Christmas is very much about the rituals and the decoration and the, the, the things like that that we, that we you know, look to in these movies. But I think it's also there's that intangible sense of the spirit of the season really bringing out each person's best side and best version. And you see that literally with, with Stanwyck's character here. Yeah, so uh, obviously I had never seen this movie. I know that'll mm-hmm. be a surprise to everybody. Um, I I love this movie. Oh, good. <laughs> I I thought it was an absolute delight. Now I will say, it's always tough when you go back to the '40s and you see some of the uh, uh, caricatures, the 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 help character, like in this movie. That's tough to watch. And oh, like, believe me, by by the standards of 1940, this is like super progressive. Yeah, I've seen much worse in this period. I'm, I'm not sure. forgiving any, not I'm forgiving sure. any of it, but I'm just saying there are there are. If we're gonna have degrees of this sort of thing, yeah. this movie is light in that department. Well, that's good, but I, you know, obviously, I haven't seen a ton of it, so it's just like so jarring. It's just mm. like, wow, this is it, huh? But uh, th- there was so much to love about this movie. I love that they were uh at odds but they were always very like it was fun it was like you know their their bickering was very fun uh sure. <laughs> the the scene where they get with the with the cow is very funny oh uh, yes <laughs> my my favorite character uh is willie i just think he's a delight and <laughs> that the song willie's singing was everything you want it so, just uh, fun fact about Willie, played by Sterling Holloway, he was the original voice of Winnie the Pooh. Wow! So if you if you hear a little of that oh bother in his yeah. voice, that's that he was the guy. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I it was it was just a really great movie, and I didn't you know. I, I love that, that he, t- he took her into Canada, tried to talk her out, like <laughs> doing all these things. And then the, the way that the movie ends was not the way that I expected it to end. I didn't expect her to just say, I'm guilty and I'm going to jail and I'll, we'll, we'll pick this back up. I didn't see but that I coming. Think- yeah, no, no, it's definitely a surprise. And I think it's not what a lot of filmmakers would have done, but I think it fits perfectly into her sort of arc of the course yeah, of this film right. where she is a better person. She has, you know, we, we talk a lot about redemption stories, you know, Scrooge is a redemption story. And I think even home alone is a redemption story and, 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 you know, it's a wonderful life. So the, the, the person that she's at the beginning of the movie would have absolutely gotten out of the car in Canada and gone on the lamb and fine. But after getting that glimpse of, of who she could potentially be while spending time, you know, with John's family in Indiana, then yeah, she's like, no, no, I gotta, I, 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 I did the crime. I got to serve the time. Yeah. But I just, I found all of the characters to be just so charming and warm and it just, it was a movie. It just, it just made me happy while I was watching it. And so, yeah. And this one, this one felt, uh, like a uh, shop around the corner, I felt I, I even mentioned it that it felt like everything it was just taking its time, you know, like sure. one scene would last ten minutes where it all oh, market takes thirty seconds or whatever. <laughs> but uh, this one, I felt like it it was a really great pace for me personally. It didn't feel have that same type of drag, for lack of a better word. 
Yeah, this is this is the last film that was written by but not directed by Preston Surges, who would after this movie would go on to become a filmmaker and uh, and was sort of famous for these his 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 snappy patter for sure, big uh, uh, you know kind of like you know really interesting ensemble cast like a show like Gilmore Girls owes a lot to yeah. Sturgis both in that. the in the speed of the dialogue but in the sort of depth of all these great character actors giving you these odd eccentric characters who pop up for a second or two you know and do their thing and so here yeah you you're already seeing him like with that gift of giving us these characters who we may not get a ton of time with them, but we, we absolutely understand who they are. There's a, there's a, the maiden aunt in this movie. Um, there's a moment where when they're, they're going through and she's digging out her old dress for Stanwyck to wear to the barn dance. And she finds this collection of letters. Right. And it's all you need to know. Yeah. It's all you need to know why this woman never got married. You know, probably like the guy died in world war one or something. And she never, you know, opened her heart again but just it's just it, it's so quick and it tells you so much and this movie is just littered with little bits like that these little you know just like the the weird guy who's like the 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 guy who wants to arrest them for the cow stuff and then the weird justice of the peace where they go and you know have to he's trying to throw him into jail just all of that stuff is is really fun to watch and um you know, Fred McMurray and, and Barbara Sandwick are just both like, they're so great. And and weirdly enough, this isn't their most famous film together. And I'll get to that one later when we when we talk about recommendations. But uh, in other films, they, they were in much sort of darker stories. But here it's very sweet and very charming. And um, yeah, I just and again, the reason I didn't see this movie until I was older was because it just it's one of those movies that kind of just sort of fell out of print and like i don't know if it was a copyright thing or whatever but it really it's been in the last 15 years i'd say that the tcm really sort of found it and made it a point to like hey we're airing this movie that you may or may not remember and we're putting out a blu-ray and and doing all this stuff and um and so you know that's again this is why i always sort of beat the drum for physical media because like movies that you love will just disappear one day from screen streaming. If you're not careful, like somebody will like some copyright will lapse or somebody is going to want more money or some weird thing is going to happen or, you know, an entire streaming service could go kaput. Uh, so it's always great to just be able to own this stuff. If you can, you have to think though, as more as like we're 2022, I, you have to imagine that at some point it's just all it's, it'll, everyone's going to have their own streaming. Like it just feels like it, it is such an anomaly now that I to go on just watch and not be able to at least find a movie that to buy on the on a digital platform. Uh, you like, would you would you would be surprised, especially like as you know, like for example, uh, like Sidney Poitier just died, and so mm-hmm. we're we're doing a thing on uh, Breakfast All Day for our Patreon where we were like picking out films of his, you know, for streaming services or Peter Bogdanovich, same thing, and like I was stunned at how many titles I I couldn't not just that I couldn't find streaming, but that weren't even necessarily available for, for purchase. And so, yeah, obviously so much is, is going on with streaming now. And a lot of these, you know, these platforms are trying to load up with as much stuff as possible, but so much of what they're trying to load up with is like, they're really interested in the new, the now, the modern, the shiny. So like good luck on Netflix, say finding movies made before 1960. There's like about, you know, a few dozen of them at best. Um, 
and, and so, and as as you get older and you get further away from from nineteen ninety two, you know, you're you're going to find that movies from your past are going to be harder to come by. So, you know, yes, I, I like we I love to believe in the future where you push a button and it's all there at your fingertips. But the reality has been that it's just not. And so, if there's movies you really care about, I think it's best to have a physical copy. It just feels like at the very least, I should be able to buy a digital version. Yeah, I like to, you know, this movie, case in point, you know, like I, it was when Peacock launched, it was on Peacock and it was on, uh, you know, I think it was on Criterion Channel for a while because they had a whole section devoted to director Mitchell Leeson who did this movie. Um, But like at the moment, not available, you know, and so it just, these things kind of go with the wind sometimes, unless you want to watch like Jingle All the Way, which somebody's always going to have available, but you know, but movies like this, it's, it's, they're tougher to come by, but worth having, you know. Yeah. Check out your local library, though. It's a great also resource. Good. Yes. It's a great resource to have. Like, I, I looked it up, found it. So, uh, good good to go. So, uh, it's always good to have that as a, if you don't want to buy a, dig, uh, a, a physical copy sure. to, to clutter your house or whatever, you can just. <laughs> somebody, use, has. Somebody, <laughs> has one. somebody has. Somebody has. Somebody has. So, okay. Uh, apart, apart from the manservant who I, I, I grant you is, you know, has not aged well. Was there anything in the movie that else in the movie that to you felt so 1940 that you couldn't follow it? Like any sort of <sighs> slang or, you know, plot points or whatever? No, I, it, it all felt, it all felt like I, I, I could wa- I could see this movie today and, and awesome. basically beat, beat for beat. It felt like, I, I will say the ending is, was the most surprising part of it. Like I don't, it well, had, it had all like, <laughs> go ahead. Well, no, was, uh, Hallmark movies, I think have conditioned us to like, yeah, sure. you know, the, I have a running joke with my friend where like he, he would, he used to come over on Sunday nights for dinner and I would start watching a movie and he'd watch about half of it and then leave. And the next day he would invariably call me and say, Hey, how did it end? And I would always text him back. They all got, they got together and it all worked out. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're so used to, they got together and it all worked out that the deviating, deviating from that in the slightest was like, Ooh, didn't see that coming. But even like on a larger scale, like this is made by a, by a big, big company you know uh-huh. the having it end with her going to jail and and not see not seeing like a uh a hey a year later three years later or some some sort of <laughs> sure. like oh yeah they do we did we don't get to see the the, the wedding like i'm gonna go get a, i'm gonna go get a uh a guy. we're gonna get married like we it's just this is what's gonna happen that's well, it so I it's mean, just yeah it's I, I mean Part of why I think it's very much of its time is that, you know, starting in about 33, 34 and going to like the late 60s, it was around for a long time, there was a thing called the Hayes Code, which uh, was the reason, like before movies had ratings, pretty much every movie had to fit into this these categories and not do or do certain things. And one of the rules on the list was that like crime always has to be punished. Mm. You know, you, nobody gets to get away with anything. So the fact that she does indeed shoplift at the beginning of the movie means she has to go to jail by the rules of the Hayes code. So wow. yeah, they, you're right. They don't give you a, they don't cut to later so that you have, you leave with a happy ending, but you leave knowing that she made the moral decision yeah. and, and that she's changed enough that she's become the person who would do that. And that you believe he's going to wait for her, you know? I kept wait again going back to Hallmark conditioning. I kept waiting for something at the house to go missing, you know, and oh, right. <laughs> the mom to be like, "Hey, did, did she take this type of like I, I kept waiting. <laughs> I kept yes, I kept waiting for that type of thing to happen, but it never did. And that was nice. It was nice 
that she just went to this house and was loved by a family for the first time. And, and just seeing how one, you know, week or weekend or however long it was with a loving family can change somebody. Like it's really uh, beautiful. And I really appreciated his uh, speech about people and uh, uh, you know, that we don't know their past and stuff like that. Like I I thought it was all really great. So, so yeah, yeah, gay for the movie. Um, Let's talk Christmas cheer. If you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, On some sort of one to 10 level, where are you placing this movie on a Christmas cheer list or on a scale, if you will. I mean, I think like a good six and a half, you know, there is, there's a, there's a big tree in the house. There's a really lovely sort of gift opening scene, you know, and the, the, like the, the mom arranges for there to be a gift for, for, for Lee from John, even though he hadn't thought about it beforehand, you know, there's all the stuff with Willie and his, his Tyrolean hat, which is hilarious. Um, and then you get the, the, the dance, which is, I guess, more of a New Year's thing, but it's yeah. very wintry. There's like, I, you know what? I get this and Chris was in Connecticut confused because they both got Barbara Sandwich. Is there a sleigh ride in this one or no? No sleigh ride. No sleigh ride. Okay. But nonetheless, it's very, it, it is very sort of wintry, you know, holiday season cheer. Yes. Yeah. I, I have it above uh shop around the corner. I sure. thought the Christmas was really good. I, the one thing that would have taken this from like a, I, I like I would watch this a hundred days till Christmas in September when the countdown finally gets to a hundred, I'd throw this movie on. I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to like eat, like get into the Christmas. I'm not getting out of the Christmas. Like I'm not, I don't want just a little sprinkle of Christmas to sure. help me transition. This I felt like was Christmassy, but like also had other stuff going on, which was, which was fine. The thing that would have taken it from like a six, six and a half, which I agree, I think is there to like an eight was uh-huh. in that, uh, uh, sing along, scene if they yeah. sang a christmas song I, I i kept waiting i wanted it and it it set it felt like they were setting it up for that like she said she even says how about you play that christmas song that i love he doesn't do it <laughs> i kept waiting for it it felt so christmassy they're all together at christmas that they finally he's finally home gonna sit around the piano and play some christmas songs no we don't get that uh but still i love that scene but that would have taken it from a six and a half to like an eight i hear you i hear you i, I love a, I love a good christmas sing-along who doesn't really that's what i'm saying um all right let's um let's let's talk about a movie that you think of uh that's a good a good cross-reference, something that sure. feels inspired, if you will. So, yeah, this is not a Christmas movie and is not a comedy and is in many ways the antithesis of this film. But it's interesting to see these same two lead actors uh, playing completely different characters in a completely different kind of movie. Uh, and that would be Billy Wilder's classic film noir, Double Indemnity. Um Fred McMurray plays an insurance agent. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck is the unhappy wife of a rich guy. Uh, They begin having an affair and conspire to murder her husband so that she can collect the insurance money. And of course, nothing from there goes smoothly. But um, they have this really fun. Yeah, that like their chemistry exists in this movie too, but it's in a very sort of edgy. Like they're constantly sort of trying to one up one another. Like. He makes some like kind of wise crack about her and she says, I wonder what you mean, what you mean by that. And he says, I wonder if you wonder like just a lot of really snappy stuff. And it's like, it's one of those like 
passions born in hell because they're totally wrong for each other and they're going to push each other to do awful, awful things. And of course, you know, it's all going to turn out badly for everybody, but it's a classic movie and they're great in it. So if you've never seen Double Indemnity, that's my pick. What what did you say the year that that was released? Uh, that's 49, I want to say. I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. How many movies are they in together? Like three or four, oddly enough. But uh, was, that a, was that a norm back then that once they found something that worked, they just kind of kept doing it? Yeah, I mean, to uh, to, 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 to different uh, extents. I mean, like, you know, if you're Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, obviously, yes, you are a pairing. Uh, but yeah, it was not uncommon where, oh, look, you guys were in this movie together and it made money. Let's try that again. Uh, but I mean, like McMurray and, and Stanwyck weren't like what we think of as sort of the iconic, an iconic screen duo, but they did they did make like three or four movies together. Devil Indemnity is 1944, so just four years after oh, this. Oh, okay. One. I mean, I loved them together. I thought they had just such good chemistry. So I would... I'd love to watch them, uh, watch them again. Um, I, I, I just felt like this movie, I, when you, when you uh, told me about it last week, I felt like I, I was like, is it a fake relationship? And, it, and it's not, but it feels like, like the, the godfather of fake relationship movies <laughs> that, that we have come to love. Like the throwing somebody completely new into a family for Christmas True. Is, is just such a, a fun plot. Now I appreciate like, it was nice that they didn't do the fake relationship. I actually felt like it, it, it gave a lot of uh, room for her to grow and just like, it's just about her growing, which yeah. I thought was really great. You didn't need the fake relationship part of it, but it, it did feel akin to that. Like, yeah, I'm bringing this person home for Christmas, which has connotations, but those connotations do not actually exist. Yeah. I mean, for the first night, I think that, cause he doesn't get to explain to his mom really who she is right. until after the first night, maybe. And she's like, Oh, I know who she is. Like, I know it. Like, and he's like, no, like actually, <laughs> No, really, no, 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 nothing going on here. So <laughs> it it, fe it feels like it's in that kind of family of, yeah. of fake relationships, which is just one of my favorite things. So um, any of those movies uh, will do. <laughs> um, all right, next week it's my pick. Okay, my yeah, pick. So your headphones off. Headphones off. Next week, uh, I'm gonna make Alonzo watch a movie that I just j just love so much. It's Christmas with the Cranks next week on deck the hallmark and uh alonzo's coming back in alonzo are you i know i you don't know the movie but are you excited for it oh always can't wait <laughs> is that your favorite your favorite part of the week it's coming buddy um all right we'll see you next week well uh, technically i'll see you tomorrow but alonzo i'll see you next week and until yes, then we'll be the first to wish you a merry christmas Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast is presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com.